Welcome to the Make Disciples Podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple. Welcome back to another episode of the Make Disciples Podcast. We are approaching the end of this season. We have this episode and just one more, and we've had a great time talking about theology, the importance of good theology in our lives and the value that it has as we grow as a disciple. Joining me once again in the podcast booth is Mike Shockey. Mike, glad to have you here with us one more time. I'm glad to be here. And we got a lot to talk about. We'll try to stay as focused as we can. So over the season, we're talking about theology. I'm sorry, Dan, are you saying I'm supposed to be focused? We're going to do as best we can. Man, I mean, I just like blurt out stuff right in the middle of you talking. I'm so unfocused. <laughs> I don't feel focused, Dan. We'll do it the best we can anyway. <laughs> so we've been talking about theology and good theology, but it's important as we approach the end of our time uh, for this season anyway, to say that there are certain things that are really important and there are certain things that wouldn't rise to that same level of importance. In other words, we can talk about primary issues in Christian theology and secondary issues in Christian theology. So, Mike, let's just start by uh, defining that. What do we mean when we're talking about primary and secondary issues? Well, obviously, we would look back to the early centuries of the church and just say, you know, when the West Church, you know, the Roman Catholics, when they split uh, with the Eastern Orthodox Church, right, and uh, the whole thing was over the fact that the Roman Catholics wanted blue carpet and the Eastern Orthodox wanted red carpet. I, you know, that's the that, carpeting, I mean, and yes. so that's an example of what we would say. I think is a primary issue. You know why there's uh, so much divergence in the Christian community. The color of carpet. Absolutely. Yes. Um, now we say that jokingly, but don't you know that when I'm driving down the street and I see two primitive Baptist churches uh, sitting right across the street from each other. I know that there was an argument about something that was probably not, uh, you know, chances are super primary, right? If it were, you would have thought that they would have been able to come together on that because why? I'm not trying to be disparaging about that or even about the Primitive Baptist Church. That's just an example that I happen to know personally. But anyway, if it's a secondary issue, I think one of the things that we should trust is that, Dan, if I have a secondary issue with you, and we both have the Spirit of God living inside of us, right, because of our faith in Jesus, then I think that you and I, I think that God, being in both of us, would resolve that secondary issue at least by saying one of us will just simply defer to the other and be okay to disagree. Mm -hmm. And we don't part company over that, right? Um, now, if you want to get into a primary issue, same God living inside of us, and each of us feels extremely convicted about what we're saying that is a core issue, a primary issue of Christianity. One of us says, for instance, that the Word of God is the Word of God and everything in it is infallible in the sense that God gave it to man to write so that we could know who he is. And the other of us says, I think that there is the Word of God contained within those words, but I don't think all of it is the Word of God, right? By the way, I'm not going to say which one of us said that, because neither of us says that, right? But, exactly. But if that's the truth, and we disagree that way, then I think at that point, you do have a fundamental primary disagreement that we may or may not be able to resolve, because guess what? Not everything flows from the secondary argument, but everything flows from every extenuating Theology and concept and method and everything flows from those primary concepts. 
uh, construct, which in this case would be, as a good example, is the Word of God really the Word of God? Was Jesus Christ? Is he deity? Is he who he says he is? Or was that just made up? Um, you know, how seriously do we take those things? Versus, should we worship a certain way and, and only sing hymns or only sing contemporary music or lift our hands in worship, or should we not? Or are there still tongues and gifts and all these kinds of things? I think those qualify, frankly, as secondary issues. Hmm. We should note that the history of Christianity is full of examples of people elevating things to the level of primacy and then splitting over them. I mean, the yes. fact that you can drive on any street here in Tallahassee and go past three or four different churches, all with different names and things like Baptist or Presbyterian or Lutheran or Methodist. And even when you get to a thing like Presbyterian, that might not tell you enough about the church because the Presbyterianism that we focus on here at Wildwood is different than the Presbyterianism they have in, say, First Presbyterian Church downtown or something like that. That's right. Yeah. And so there's going to be differences that divide. And so for us individually, we simply want to say that there's certain things that we hold to as Christians. And if you don't hold to them, then, well, that's fine, but you're not Christian anymore. Mm. You moved outside the bounds of historic Christianity. And there are some issues that we can disagree with. Now, you've hit on a couple of those primary issues. Again, for example, the, the primacy of Scripture and the truthfulness of Scripture in our lives. But what are some others that we would consider to be primary issues uh, that we would hold to as Christians? Primary issue, I, of course, I raise what I think is the, there are two primary issues, I believe, right? The first, uh, or I should say the co-equal would be that Jesus Christ is God, right? If you don't believe that, then you have no reason to trust that he is able, let alone willing, that he is able to actually rescue you from your sins. You have no reason to believe that he is appropriate to be your substitute, right? Mm -hmm. To live and die in your place so that God recognizes you with his identity and not your own, right? You don't have any reason to believe that because then he was simply a man. He was not God and man in that regard. The equal issue, I think, that's a primary issue is how do we come by that knowledge? I don't think we come by that knowledge merely by looking out at a created world and saying, oh, well, I can take and see the created world. I can see that God has done this. Something just, you know, gives me a warm and fuzzy in my heart. And therefore, I can conclude that Jesus Christ is God. <laughs> you can't do that. Right now, it's important to look out and see creation. Paul tells us it's uh, in Romans one, right? Yeah. To look out and see the creation, but what he's saying that is built on a construct of you know other attributes of God. You've been told it's been written. You've seen it. And so, what is the equal construct? The primary construct to Jesus being God? It is the Word of God seen in the Bible that says that Jesus is God. Yeah. And so those are the two primary constructs because you don't have any other information to work from for any other thoughts, theologies, ideas, concepts to flow from until you first know that the Bible that you read, that is the Word of God, full and true, 100%. And so that you can trust when Jesus says, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. Right? My father and I are one in the same. The Messiah predicted, I tell you in the synagogue today, it's like one of his opening statements, right? The Messiah that you predicted, that you hoped for, that you've longed for for all these years, 
I stand before you today as that person, right? If you don't read that, you're not going to look out at trees and the natural creation and know that. Hmm. So the word of God is the word of God and Jesus is Jesus. And so those are the two primary constructs. There's other primary things, but you don't have any other things that are primary equal to those two things, I don't believe. Yeah. It's important to note that this is a debate by theologians as well Mm -hmm. over what is that list of things. And the whole fundamentalist controversy in the early 20th century was over a list of about seven things that they say. But I think you're well spoken in pointing to the deity of Jesus and the word of God being uh, truthful. And then that leaves us open for an awful lot of secondary issues that are out there. And you mentioned some of them already the idea of sign gifts, like speaking in tongues and Uh, even healings and those kind of ideas and silly things like getting into whether or not you wear robes in worship services or with the color of the carpet or the order of worship services. And that's a big deal in uh, certain circles, right? I mean, they make a big deal over how you're supposed to do worship. And there has been divisions over how you do worship. But is it fair to say that Uh, we would still consider them Christian, even if we don't agree on some of those issues? Yeah, I think 100%. I mean, let me just qualify by saying I have one robe. It's my bathrobe. And if I show up at church in that robe, yeah, you should throw me out. That'd be a problem. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that said, um, I've been in churches where the pastors wear robes. And and yes, it can look like falderall, right? It can just look like a lot going on and just, uh, you know, liturgy you know, to the max and just so many things happening. And you wonder, is that true? Is that honest worship? Um, Some people would wonder that. Other people would look at the pastor in his jeans and t-shirt and go, this can't possibly be church. Mm -hmm. I've had friends who have done that, heard rock music when they came into the church, turned right around and walked right back out because this can't possibly be church. And at the end of the day, I think we have to say there can be some socially, culturally right and wrong things, right? that we would deem as, uh, you know, right or wrong. And yet, if God is searching ultimately, if he wants John 4, those who worship him in spirit and in truth, then the question really is not so much about method. It's really about what the Spirit of God is doing in the person to create worship, whatever that looks like on the outside when it's finally accomplished in the individual. And does that person worship in truth. So then we move into something like speaking in tongues. Well, you know what? I am not a cessationist. A cessationist being someone who believes that after the ascension of Christ, after the fulfillment and you know all that, that all these gifts have disappeared. Um, I'm not that guy. At the same time, we loathe the abuses of the charismatic movements that have said things like, and still do today, there's an entire system of theology out there that says, you're not saved. You're not actually a Christian until you have learned to speak in tongues. You're just not. We'll entertain you and let you sit in here with us, but yeah, we're going to teach you how to speak in tongues. That's not true. There's nothing in scripture that says that. That's a secondary issue. And by secondary, we just mean it shouldn't be an issue at all, but it's something that if you were to go to the scripture and see what scripture itself has to say, then you would absolutely have to conclude With no other presupposition, you'd have to conclude that that's not true. At the same time, we cannot say, for instance, that if you do speak in tongues, there's something ultimately wrong with you, right? This guy's nuts because he's speaking in tongues. 
Well, if you're speaking in tongues according to the way that Paul prescribes it, where we really first see the speaking of tongues in any New Testament kind of way, right? If we're doing it according to his prescription, then I think we're pretty safe. And of course, that opens up a whole nother web of things. But anyway, it's a worship kind of thing. Again, should I raise my hands? Should I not raise my hands? Do we do hymns only? You know, is this acceptable? Is the Puritan regulative worship principle the only way that we worship God? That's a big thing with Reformed people. And some will staunchly go to the grave saying, yeah, you've got to worship according to what God says. And if he doesn't say do it, then don't do it, i.e. that wipes out an entire contemporary worship uh, in your churches today. And then the following thing to that is you have young people who have zero to attach themselves to in terms of what it means to even know who God is or be Hmm. interested in who God is. That does not take away the working of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works, but doesn't the Holy Spirit work, Dan, scripturally speaking? Doesn't the Holy Spirit work? Didn't Jesus work according to the modern constructs of the time? Absolutely. Every time, right? Yeah. And it's a good way to conclude this episode by just noting that as we develop our theology, we're going to gain increased perspective on who God is, and we're going to have perspectives on all of these issues that we're talking about. We just want to note that as we refine our theology and understand more, we're going to disagree with people and still recognize them as brothers and sisters in Christ. 100%. Yeah. yeah. We're not throwing anybody out of the camp. None of that. What did Adrian Rogers say? I don't even agree with all of his theology, but I love the fact when he says, there's plenty of slipping and sliding on deck, but in Christ, there is no slipping overboard, right? Mm. There's no casting overboard, right? Yeah. It's only when we get to those primary issues that we have to have a different conversation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, thanks you once again, Mike, for joining us for this episode of the Make Disciples podcast. Happy to have you here with us. And glad to be here. Blessings. And we look forward to finishing up our season with the next episode. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. My thanks to Catherine Eckhart, the producer of this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, Florida.